It is a Sunday evening, and we are bringing you a special emergency broadcast. We know you're all in your storm shelters right now, with your hatches well and truly battened down. This is the Chairshot Storm podcast, coming to you from Stormy Ireland in the UK. I'm one of your hosts, Barry. Join, as always, with my ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Joe. Good evening, everybody. And also Paul. She got them apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. Barry's not joining. Barry, Barry doesn't I mean, I, 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 it's, a, it's an absolute Barry's classic. never heard that song before. He doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, I was like, what's this? What's this? Is this the new popular song that they're spinning on the radio? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we are we are coming to you here on the on the cusp of a of a, um, the storm. What is it? Storm Isa? Isa? Is it? Am I, 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 I can't remember. They're, can't they're making up to... names now. There's been so many. There's been so many in the last two years that we've gone through the alphabet six times over. Um, <laughs> yeah, hope you're all safe and warm wherever you are. Hope you have power wherever you are. We're 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 bracing for for possible power outages here. So if if you're looking at your audio file on your podcast yoke and it's saying thirty minutes or whatever, um, you'll know that this <laughs> we lost power during the broadcast. But we won't. We won't dwell on that. Uh, how have you boys been this week? It's been a quiet week for me. Uh, got some got some telly, got some bits and bobs to chat about later, but nothing too major. Quite enough week here. What about you, boys? What have you been up to? Ooh, nothing, baby. <laughs> just, just trying to think of anything that happened. Uh, I go to the movies. I'll talk about that in the film section. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, me too. nothing really okay. Yeah, a lot of, lot of cinema cinema to discuss i was playing astroturf five aside football whatever brandon you want to use mm. and you, you might recall a few weeks ago i talked about how i t- i rolled my ankle twisted my ankle during the mm. game yeah and yeah, then yeah, played yeah, on yeah. twisted it again played on nevertheless and 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 the moral of the story was well i'll never be I, i'll never let that happen again i was a buffoon and lessons learned and onwards and upwards anyway what go on yeah so I was playing this week again, and you, you, listeners might not be aware if they've never seen me. My physiology is is not, you know, not necessarily akin to a professional football player. Nevertheless, well, I'm in. Maybe, I'm influenced. Maybe, maybe Gaza at the end. <laughs> and ne- ne- Neville, prime Neville Southall. Um, <laughs> Um, also, the adult baby uh, takeover is is cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> and and he got <laughs> he's got a little moustache as well, which listeners won't be. Able I kind of did well. <laughs> the Hitler, t- <laughs> Chaplin, oh. Chaplin, Hitler, <laughs> and Neville Southall. Anyway, three men that could pull off. That I'm, I'm I'm still influenced, even at the age I am. I'm still influenced by what I see on, t- on TV. So, little <laughs> five foot ten and a half squat. Chunky Paul Griffin did tr- did try a step over in the AstroTurf today. Ooh. Completed the step over successfully, and as I dropped a shoulder and jinked to the to the to the right hand side, I only went and twisted the other ankle. Oh, you buffoon! Uh, um, get twat. Now, at the time, it didn't feel as bad as the previous uh, injury, uh, but then I woke up the next day and I could not put any weight on it whatsoever, and I was using my granny's old walking stick to get around that's how bad it was now today is actually fine since so i don't know what was the problem with the first day but kids when you're playing sports be careful 
if there's an easy pass on, don't try to step over. Um, I'll tell you what was it. wrong. You, you tried physical movement at past the age of 35. Mm. Or, <laughs> Pretty much. It's like if you try and watch telly in one position for an hour. Yeah, and, yes. then, and then you can't move for a week. Yeah. yeah. That's and that's true of this because yeah. when I get up and walk around, it kind of feels a bit better. The moment I lie down for five minutes and then get up, it's back to square one. Yeah. So whatever it is about... Um, us in our old age moving around is, is not ideal, but still scored a couple of goals on a twisted ankle. I'm happy to report, mm. but I don't know what, I, what I'm going to do because that's now across three or four weeks of playing. I've, I've twisted both ankles, one of them twice. So what can I do to prevent that? I mean, not run. Don't look for the ball. If the ball comes to me, run away from it. Not too fast. Or I'll twist my ankle. Um, I don't know. I need to find. I need to go on YouTube, uh, go, uh, Google how to uh, how to not twist your ankle tutorial. Have uh, I mean, you considered coaching instead of playing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think you've got. I think you've got a good football brain. You know, mm-hmm. I think you could be the Fergie of the AstroTurf. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I, I think that could be a great new career move for you. I w- I was just looking in the week actually. Um, I don't know if you're playing the new football manager yet, Joe. Football Manager 2024. Uh, I've already put in 150 hours. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I'm a little bit of a, a coach, all right? Um, the other thing that happened in the week was, speaking of sports, you know, I, I'm i uh, a man who wears uh, a football jersey when the team are playing, and I believe believe in inverted commas that when I wear the jersey it means that the team is more likely to win and I'm actually having a tangible effect on the game right Mm. I actually saw proof of that this week I was was watching the rugby I'm obviously newly received into the rugby fandom and I was watching my team Leinster playing against Leicester that's not confusing at all no um and I forgot to wear the, the shirt. I do have a, a jersey here. Let's show. Uh, here is my jersey that I wear. Mm-hmm. There it is there. Leinster Rugby. Oh, right. I forgot to put it on that morning because I forgot the game was on. I'm not that much of a fan, obviously. Right, right. Um, and I, I was just wearing a, a T-shirt like this, and I was watching the game, and they were 10-0 down after 10, ten minutes. 10 goals in 10 minutes. That is yeah. mental. <laughs> Premier League record. Um. And then I, I say, okay, they're losing because I'm not wearing the jersey. Let me put take my shirt off, put the jersey on. Right? <laughs> they didn't concede another point the whole game. They scored 27. And then they scored a try right at the very end. And I said, ah, great. Game's finished. Take off the jersey. Put this one back on. Uh, and then they missed the last kick when I wasn't wearing the jersey. So these, look, these are just the facts, right? Jersey Listen. off. Points conceded 10. Points scored zero. Jersey on. Jersey on, points scored 27, points conceded zero. Take that, James Randy. <laughs> <it up. laughs> Prove it wrong again. Um, the reason it. I didn't... Um, I told the story to people, and they were like, well, why did you take the jersey off at the end of the game? Why didn't you just continue to wear it? Electricity prices is uh, what they are. I'm not sh- changing my shirt halfway through the day and both of them yeah. going to the wash. Come on, let's, Come be, on. let's be reasonable oh, now. Yeah. 
cost of living crisis. By the way, though, I, I hope you received that um, shirt I sent you with a picture of me winning the lottery on it. Uh, if you could wear that for the next like four days, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, next draws on Wednesday. If we yeah, could it's, just, it's, it's really been working all the season for Manchester United as well. Wearing the jersey every game. Uh, different jersey though. Different jersey doesn't really count. You know, it's it's exactly, different sport, different exactly. game. Yep, 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 yep. Anyway, we'll touch on uh, we'll touch on a little bit of wrestling news. You know, uh, one big story uh, developing, and one little story we wanted to make mention of. I suppose the big story of the week: uh, Okada on his way out of New Japan. That is confirmed. That is confirmed by New Japan themselves. They kind of just mm. put out a statement, just saying. I mean, I feel like there was little. You hear rumors as you do this time every year of oh, you know, so and so's contract is up, and you kind of go, oh yeah, whatever. They're gonna. They're going to put out the story that this guy is, you know, leaving and just, yeah. you know, he'll stay where he is. But then just kind of out of the blue, New Japan pops it up. He's finishing up his dates in January. And that's that. Uh, Okada, um, presumably, all the debating is like, where is he going stateside? It would be really funny if he like started his own promotion in Japan or something <laughs> like that. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, no real, no meaningful indicators, I would say, at this stage as to where he's going to go. You've got the usual kind, oh, both sides are interested. And, oh, WWE feels like he's going there. AEW feels like, oh, he's going there. You know, mm. um, we will probably know relatively soon. Uh, I don't think a Rumble appearance would be possible because I think it is the end of, of, of January he's through Correct. to. But um, yeah, there you go. Big, uh, big, a big seismic change. Probably the biggest one since what year was was Nakamura and AJ? That was twenty end, end of twenty fifteen. Sorry, 16, 16, Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, you know, a big. I mean, I was about to say another big change. That's that is the biggest of changes. Realistically, obviously, they've kind of they've kind of moved on to to Naito and a couple of other younger people. But nonetheless, Okada still, especially when they come to the, to like the UK and the US. Okada still the the big headliner, but um, yeah, interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Where where we think he's going to land? I don't really have an idea because it's at the end of the day we're in an era now where WWE will pony up the big bucks for an international star. It's not it's not mm. as much of a dice roll of oh if you go there they don't know how to use foreigners. Blah blah blah. I feel like we're in a an era now where the money will be good and you know I think there's a chance they'll present him right. <laughs> Obviously he has the history with AEW. I I don't have an inkling to be honest. I don't really know where he's going to go. What do you, what do you make of that news? Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting from the point of view of what Okada wants at this stage of his career. He's still relatively mm. young. Yeah. He's um so so whether he's in a Shinsuke Nakamura, let's go make the money and not kill myself every week. Retirement mm. or retirement mm. in a sense. Um I, I, and I mean AW to an extent also is that right? So AW to me would be the place of comfort. He knows all the lads there. We see the videos of him wearing Nick Jackson's clothes backstage, having the crack with the boys. Is that potentially the safer option? He knows he's going to be used pretty well there. Mm. Um, but and then WWE being the 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 unknown, but maybe the more interesting challenge for him. Mm. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the the appeal of of WrestleMania and uh, and so on and so forth. I don't know how much that specifically appeals to him. Um, AW at the same time offers what WWE cannot, which which we saw already in the Osprey deal, which is fly over one day a week, then fly if, home. If that, if that, yeah. if even that. So it, you know, at at the yeah. same, get three months know. off when you feel like it, like the young bucks do. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, usually, uh, by the way, like the, the thing about the Sting match, it was saying the Young Bucks were going to take extended time off, but then Sting wanted them as opponents, so they came back. I was like, what were they taking time off from? Not doing anything. Yeah, like, I was like, yeah, sorry, took time from off from not holidays, boys. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I hadn't seen him for six months already, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, the other, the other thing as well on the AEW front is obviously... I mean, we. I suppose we don't because there's been a lot of political shakeup in in New Japan. Obviously, recently, with their their former president ousted, which some people speculated would have been good news for Okada staying because it seems, by all accounts, he didn't. Mm. Actually, Kevin Kelly just did a an Observer show yesterday or the day before, where he kind of just pretty much acknowledged that like a lot of people, including Okada, were happy with the with that sea change. But even though that happened, he's still leaving. Like very mm. odd. So you don't really know where, whose mind is where because part of the positives for AEW would be oh well he can still go to Japan he can do a show or two a year in New Japan but now you're wondering does he does he do so does he just want to be done does he maybe not want to be there anymore no I mean mm-hmm. nobody really knows he's not a super he's not a super kind of shoot the shit with fucking Bubba Ray on busted open kind of guy <laughs> I mean he kind of I, I don't know that he's doing a bunch of press where he says oh yeah I'm fed up with this I'm fed up with that yeah um, so it, it might just be a case of uh, of now or never you know he's he's yeah. in his prime if he's gonna do it now, now's the time to do it. You know, yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily um, feel like it, 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 it might even be related to any problems in, in New Japan or anything like that. Just again, at the age he is, if he's gonna make the jump to to the US, maybe now's the time to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though. I mean, I've seen a lot of um, New Japan fans specifically comment on this this since aw has come around this movement of talent from japan to, mm. to america um what's interesting is that there is not necessarily uh there is to an extent but not not necessarily a a flow of wrestlers in in america who are you know dedicating themselves to eventually ending up in japan you know okay yes mm. there's there's a new japan appeal for certain kingston dynason we've seen that in the past but um it seems like Japanese wrestlers, to to an extent, have this end goal of getting successful enough that they can go to America and do it in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is unfortunate for for New Japan. I mean, to an to an extent, it's their own fault for not having built up enough stars in the interim while Okada has been there. I mean, they have, but also you're, the, the people they've used have not really got gone mm-hmm. over Evil and Sonata and so on and so forth. Um, and yet, you know. I, I wonder if the direction for New Japan to go in would almost be kind of along the same lines of what Impact have done recently. I've tried to bring in some, you know, especially in regards to, to non-Japanese, right? Bring mm-hmm. in some of the younger uh, names who are maybe getting getting over on a PWG, mm-hmm. GCW level, but who haven't quite reached the, the, the pinnacle and yeah. build on some of them. Uh, they do have some of them already. We've seen that they do that with Osprey quite successfully. Sabre Jr., mm-hmm. uh, Robbie Eagles somewhat lesser so El Fantasmo like they have history of doing that yeah but at the same time they also have a history of bringing in these these dreadful uh, non-Japanese talents I feel like they've spent so much time <laughs> wasted on the likes of your Chase Owens and your yeah yeah you know TMDK yeah. who are fine yeah. but are never gonna I think they I think they do I think yeah I think the thing is that their results have been, I think they are a very youth oriented company to their credit um, they're kind of going heavy on Shota Umino and uh, um, uh, um, Suji 
um, as well. But I, the results are kind of mixed. Suji seems great, mm. and like he is going to be the next big thing. Every, a lot of the other younger guys are kind of thinking, mm, you know. So I think it's a kind of what something you hit on there is that they are they do try, but I would say the results have just been very mixed lately. Um, mm. Yeah, but, um, it's very interesting. I think. On one hand, I kind of wonder how long the AEW New Japan relationship. What does Forbidden Door look like this year? How long does that stay friendly when AEW signs their like three of their top stars in Jay White, Will Ospreay, and possibly Okada? Like, uh, yeah, right, lads, we just take all your talent, and then the New Japan just go, oh, okay, then fair enough. Like you're signing all the way. No, that's it is fascinating. Very strange. Um, but what can they, you know, what can what can New Japan do? They can't compete. Nothing. It's the, it's the open market at the end of it's, the day. It's like, like the Premier League attracting the top players from around Europe. Like what, you know, the, the J League isn't going to attract those players. Yeah. They're going to go to the Premier League for the money and the and the platform. And it's not like the nineties where being in Japan was still very probably more much more lucrative than than it would be probably even more lucrative than being in America maybe at mm. the time it's not like that anymore New Japan's not a big company really I know they have one big show a year but yeah uh, you know it's a lot I mean they they have their money but I, you know TKO and Tony Khan money is is next level I very mean different. I it would be uh, we we never hear these things it would be fascinating to know what the offers would be from from WWE and, and AEW I'd have to imagine mm. they're they're both seven figures I don't oh, think yeah. they're I don't think they're throwing him a fucking 70 grand NXT move to Florida and take class. I don't think he's getting one of them, you know. Learn how to find the hard cam. Yeah, I don't think he's getting that. I think he's getting a very tasty deal. And I've seen people speculating as well on the state of the Japanese economy. I have absolutely no fucking idea about any of that. I mean, you know. I don't think the economy is necessarily the adventure of of doing doing wrestling in America, which is where, you know, it's called Puro Resu. That's where it originated from. You know, it's yeah. obviously how this pedestal. It's interesting, though, as well, that whether New Japan had got into a kind of a comfort zone the last few years with Vince McMahon being in charge of WWE and not really pushing anybody who couldn't cut a promo mm. in English. Now, obviously, WWE has a, a lot more uh, Latin and Japanese wrestlers mm. pushed quite considerably. And then the, the, the appearance of AEW suddenly. Now, New Japan, who've had Okada around since 2011, 2012, yeah. Yeah. suddenly... There are options for these wrestlers that maybe New Japan had got a little a little comfortable with the fact that J- Japanese wrestlers really had nowhere to go aside from New Japan. Mm. Yeah, and it's one thing you said as well earlier. It's interesting. It doesn't see it doesn't seem to be as incentivized the other direction. Obviously, you've got like guys like Moxie and Danielson doing their bucket list off of having their matches, but it's I feel like it's been a while since there's been a big notable like Kenny Omega style guy who <laughs> went. And, those guys. You know, those guys don't work for New Japan. Yeah, <laughs> you know they're on yeah. loan essentially. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while since since someone has decided to go over and make their career in Japan from the UK or the US. I mean, like Saber Chris Brooks Junior is doing it, but like Chris Brooks is doing it, but he's doing it on small. He seems to be very happy doing like the Japanese yeah. indie type thing, and not yeah. you know it doesn't feel like you know New Japan is the destination it once was. But but you know we'll we'll see. It's, it's this is obviously. This is a very much a developing story. I don't. I don't think we're going to get too many hints until he literally shows up somewhere. I think that's mm. going to be the. I think that's when we'll figure it out. But yeah, uh, uh, moving and shaking. Lots of lots of moving and shaking. Uh, you know, we're still 
we're still in the um, uh, uh, that kind of phase where there's a number of people who seem to be on the bubble. You know, Mercedes Monet, Julia from from Stardom. You know, lots of people seemingly going to land somewhere in the coming months. Um, uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see um, elsewhere on the wrestling news before we jump over to uh, our various other features. Uh, we won, folks. We won the rate. The rate. <laughs> the, the rankings. Sickos have have triumphed, and AEW is bringing back the rankings. Wins and losses matter again, and uh, the evil has been defeated. The evil of people saying the rankings were bad. Um, yeah, they just announced that this week, and I did appreciate on Collision that when they were running down the card, they did make mention of everyone's 2024 record going into Dynamite, which I thought was a lovely touch. Like, oh yeah, there we go. That's the good stuff. Um, yeah. So uh, we're going to retire Paul's rankings, by the way. Those lists are dead. Um, no longer needed because... Uh, because <laughs> well, they obviously because, got wind that we were doing well, this is the a thing, top, they, five, top five list and a fancy uh, league where, we, where I was tracking literally every win of every person in Edo. And they were like, the children yearn for the stats. They, 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 they need the statistics. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that'll be coming our way on uh, this coming Wednesday. Nice. So uh, with that, we think- will segue... I think it will be good to give, I mean, it's obvious to say, but I think it'll be good to give a bit more structure again to the shows. Mm. Yes, absolutely. You know, we talked a lot yeah. about last week's collision and the week before, how much matches were just fucking JD Drake against uh, a, a local talent. And mm. like, okay, if you're going to have the rankings, you're going to theoretically have your 15 guys and your 10 tag teams and your 10 girls that the shows are going to be built around, you know, based on the rankings. So at least there'll be a, li- a little less random excuse me matches happening with no real context to them so that mm. hopefully will be uh, a move in the right direction um yeah so we will uh, we will see and uh, with that we will segue over to our own ratings from one paul g what who is gonna break things down for us it's the return you know you said this wouldn't be a weekly thing but it's time for yeah. our, our kind of monthly or thereabouts check in with your own top five who's, uh, who, who's hot and who's not who, who's hot and who's not so why don't you why don't you hit us with them i'll tell you what's interesting first of all is the who's not list after this week's dynamite and this week's collision I feel like the who's not list is the smallest it's been in quite a while. Oh. This, this week's TV really turned the direction in my mind, at least in terms of, okay, we're starting to, things are starting to click a little bit here. Even yeah. acts that I was previously down on, things are starting to click here. So the who's not list, I, I kind of struggled. I mean, there's obvious Matt Hardy. And, well, okay, yeah, but we, you don't we, want to do the we, obvious, you the know, Iron savages, we know. Yeah. So my who's not list goes thusly from five to one. Okay. Wardlow, Roderick mm. Strong, Mike mm. Bennett, Matt Taven, and Adam Cole. Okay. I see. I'm because noticing a trend there. <laughs> to me, uh, the trend, Matt Taven. He's number, number three. Um, to me, there's only one act currently in, in the forefront of AW, which is not working for me. And it's the Undisputed Kingdom. Mm. Mm. Um, I think it's because they're kind of, they have a toe in the pool of, okay, we want to be a serious faction who's who's near the top but then we also want to do the the orange and and the punch in the wiener and pile driver schlock comedy that i feel like doesn't really serve anything at at this stage with this new faction yeah um no to the to no fault of wardlow who's been very minimally involved to this point and roger strong has had to be fair good matches yes yeah nevertheless this feels like a gimmick that's a little bit dead on arrival especially 
off the back of something that's taken up the majority of AW's main event scene for the last six months. Uh, so they're my they're my bottom five. The top five, I think, and this is the reason I wanted to do this uh, this week is is also I think this signifies a change in in AEW's direction lately. Okay, uh, number five, my new my I I'll have a joint number five. Okay, two entries at number five, Tony Storm, who continues to be just an absolute hoot uh, in her role, one of the funniest uh, characters of recent times, but also at number five, Private Party, my new favorite tag team. Oh, this, uh, this is a private party. Shots, shots, shots. <laughs> Love private party. Uh, number four, Christian Cage. Of course. And then your top three. Mm. And how, when's the last time you could have said this about AW? My top three favorite acts in the company currently are Samoa Joe, Swerve Strickland, okay. and number one, Hangman Adam Page. Ooh, the baby. three wrestlers in the main event world the title mix. picture. How about that? Good. That's a good list. I think those are two good lists. I think, and I think you're you're absolutely fair. Uh, yeah, and I think it is it is it is good that they are the um, uh, the boils at the top of the card. I mean, I think that 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 speaks for itself. Isn't it refreshing? Um, like the people you yeah. care about the most and and are um, most excited to see are the ones at the top of the card. Hmm. It's like it's the right the right way round or something. And what so a, what a what a one eighty they've done on Hangman these last couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, the new yeah. mustache. I'm telling you, <laughs> please. I'm telling you, I love the mustache, and I, I, I mean, I think we talked about it last week. It's like they, they've moved on from this thing where he doubts himself, but he doesn't know what he's doing, and blah, blah blah. It's like now he's all action. I know what I want. Yeah, no one wants to watch that. Oh, he's not sure. No, he is sure. He, beats he is sure. <laughs> <laughs> Can I shock you? He is sure. <laughs> Anybody wants to beat people up? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Remember, remember when Stone Cold was like, "Oh, I'm not sure if I want to stun Vince." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, should I drink a bit? No, just some people. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, uh, that's a that is a, a damn fine uh, list there. Uh, we're going to stick with Paul because we're going to stick okay. with the with the with the the listings and the rankings and whatnot because you've got our fantasy update date. Yeah, League Three or Week Three of the AW Fantasy League. Um, Barry and Joe with a, a somewhat. Low scoring weeks, oh. eight eight points each this week. Mm, uh, okay. Joe, you only you had a Claudio tag win and an Adam Copeland singles win on Collision. That was it for this week. It's fine, yeah, it's good. Uh, Barry, you had a Samoa Joe uh, singles win on Dynamite, obviously, mm. and a Thunder Rosa singles win on Collision. Eddie Kingston <laughs> losing on on Collision, okay. of course. Um, I scored 16 points this week to catch Clawback because I was way way behind previously. Uh, thanked obviously in part by the return of John Moxley and Brian Danielson for TV, mm. uh, who clocked me six points combined. Jay White with a win, obviously. Now, uh, reminder, it was a title win. We do not count the Ring of Honor titles no, as part Fake. of our... So while he won a title, it does not count for bonus points. Um, Statlander and Darby Allen bringing the points from Rampage as well. So the current standings go like this. In third place is still me. <sighs> On 36 points, uh, which is 12 points a week on average, which I'm happy with. Uh, in second place, two points ahead on 38 is Barry. Okay. And in the lead, but not by as much as uh, recently, 46, eight points ahead is, is Mr. Joe Towner. Should we call it a day this week? <laughs> oh, no, we'll catch him. Well, let, let me tell you why Joe Towner is in the lead, because his number 10 draft pick Adam Copeland 
is currently the highest scoring wrestler in the company. That was fourteen points alone. I mean, that is that is called Moneyball, gentlemen. It's seeming like the sleeper hit of the whole draft. You have to, you simply have to give it to him. I'll give you my little uh, trivia, my statistic trivia of the week. Uh, something interesting I've I've noticed looking at the stats. There are uh, a specific number of wrestlers who have wrestled four times this year. Mm-hmm. Among them are people you might expect, and one name that's a little bit of a surprise. So, with four matches so far, four televised matches in 2024 are Orange Cassidy. Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, uh, Anna J, and can you name the, the final one? Um, mm. No, it's a, it's, it's a women's wrestler. It's a blue sky. Sky blue. It's not sky blue. It's Queen, blue sky, sky blue. Queen Aminata. Ah, Miss Aminata. Aminata has had four televised matches on AWTV wow. this year. So more than nearly 98% of the, the roster. So she's potentially someone to keep an eye out for going forward, not only in terms of fantasy, but also in terms of potential push if she's being featured quite a lot. So, yeah, it seems like the the story now is that she's basically she is signed and 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 you know they're they're picking their moment to do the r- announcement, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, a possible trade, yeah, maybe a sneaky sneaky trade need to be had there. I don't know. I'm not going for her just yeah, yet. I will but. say though, she's she's lost every match, so she's still on zero points. Yeah, I know. But. And and that is how like Tony brings people in as well. Like I think unless he were if he were to sign Goldberg, he would beat him like a drum in the first couple of weeks just to. Yeah. <laughs> Get him, get him his reps, you know. Um, of of the unsigned people so far, the top two on eight points are Diana Parazzo and Roderick Strong. Mm. Mm. Strong is an interesting one because it seems like it seems like he is going to be positioned as the kind of workhorse of that unit. And I mean, there, it's funny that they announced a mid card title match with like eight weeks build, but he is going to be fa- he's going to be challenging for the. Continental or not the fucking mm. Christ, the international title. Uh you know, I'd be he's, 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 mm. he's interesting interesting pick. Uh, interesting pick. It's it is tough to bet against because Orange Cassidy has been their workhorse for like a fucking year and a half at this stage, so I can mm. see that continuing, but I don't know. Interesting. Um thank you very much, Paul, as right. always, for the uh uh the fantasy updates. All all to play for, boys. Nobody yeah. get disheartened. It's it's early days. Yeah. We're all um, within ten ten points. The top, the top three. That's it, and it's you know just important to remember that it's only it's only forty nine weeks till Christmas. Okay, so it's it's not long until 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 this is coming down to uh, uh, until it's coming down to our finale. Anyway, we're sticking with Paul for one more feature. Um, uh, oh no, this is not Paul. Pardon me, Joe. Do you have a feature? I do have a feature. So this is Joe actually, has a feature. This is actually um, an email that is a feature. Oh, hello. Uh, we've got an email from. Long-time listener and friend of the show, Mr. Will Sewell. Yes, hey, Will. Hey, no, Will Ooh, Happy Willy you. boy. Big Willy I'm style. I'm back. Ooh. Um, he is emailed in. Subject, the blue Mimi. Uh, <laughs> 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 Hi, lads. I've enjoyed the last two meme quizzes from the last couple of episodes. I've prepared one if you would like to use it. Let's go. There's five questions each for Paul and Barry and a tiebreaker if necessary. So, 10 questions here. Uh, I'm not going to toss a coin. Who wants to go first? 
I'll go first. Oh, you okay, go first. Paul, Paul's going to go first. Um, okay, question number one. Which two wrestlers recreated the talking in the girl's ear at the club meme? Oh, oh. Anna Jay and John Silver. Yes, that's ding, a great ding. question. That is correct, Paul. Let me just uh, pull one. Um, question number two. Which wrestler is Vince McMahon reacting to in his multiple orgasms meme? <laughs> 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 Which wrestler is he reacting to? Is that, oh, sorry, that's my question. I'm no, saying, no, wait, Paul. Wait. I was with Paul. Is... We'll do five and five. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, gonna, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I don't know why I've decided that. Actually, no, there is a reason I've decided that. But anyway. Okay. Yeah. Keep going, Paul. Uh, it was Stacey Keebler. That is correct. Two points for Paul. And the that's reason we're on the... doing first five. Question number three. In which year did the reaction take place? Ooh, I would think it would have been... 2001. You're off. Uh, and I'm not going to pass it. I'm not, I'm not going to pass it. I refer to 2002. Okay. Ah, I would have been uh, wrong anyway. I would have thought all three. <laughs> so to the poor question number four, from which show is the Vince McMahon crying gif sourced? So the one of Vince. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what he says. It's like, Oh, this is the one where he goes, cut it, cut it, cut it. Oh, that one? I Oh, okay. This, is that okay, what you're talking about? I, I don't know if it ends with that, but I, I do know the one he's talking is, about. Is it, is it um, The Last Ride? Is it The Undertaker documentary? That is correct, Paul. See, yeah. oh, yeah, I know that one. That's actually, that's a very, very popular meme. So that's actually better than what I was saying. I was thinking of the I Love You Pop Triple H moment. Do you know what I mean? Where, where they, they after the CM Punk thing, where they like unseat like, yeah. Vince and he fake cries. Yeah, God, that was awful. <laughs> yeah, the one where he's kind of looking off into the distance, like with yeah, he's being interviewed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, three points there, and your final fifth and final question: Which WrestleMania is the Undertaker standing behind AJ Styles meme taken from? So I need a oh a number. Fuck, God, that's hard. That's hard. Uh, I need a, a number, or I will accept the year. If you can okay, I think I have it. Get the year. Um, I'll say I'll 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 be bold, and I'll say is it thirty six? That is correct, Paul. Twenty twenty WrestleMania, the the COVID. Yeah. Uh, did you did you count backwards from you knew this year was forty? Was that it? <laughs> no, I, I I the number thirty six came to really? me randomly, right. and then I, I I went well this year is forty, and I went back to yeah. I but can't really remember any. I can't remember the numbers for anything past like thirty-two or like I like they all kind of gel yeah. together. But yeah, good guess. Yeah. Right, over to Barry. So you, you know, Paul got four. So you need to get all five of these to win, right. or we'll go to a tiebreaker. Um, question one: The Rock looking back while driving meme is from which movie? Oh God, um, I know it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course he would know it. Yeah, that's why I, this is why he got the first five. Uh, okay. So Will, Will says half a point if if it's Paul's answer because he's seen all of the movies. Yeah. So um, this is where he gets it. I'm I can picture it in my head. I know it's like early. It's like fucking. Is it um be cool? Oh no, Paul. Can I have a guess for no points? You can have a guess for zero points. Is it race to which mountain? It is race to which mountain. (laughs) I don't even (laughs) remember. I if you if you'd asked me just to list films The Rock was in, I wouldn't have gotten that. So, 
Fucking hell. The most notable thing yeah, about that film must be that meme came from it. Yeah, totally. I would have thought so. God. Oh, Carla Gugino. That was the movie she did with The Rock. Anyway. Um, question number seven. Which wrestler was CM Punk in the ring with in the CM Punk is not impressed meme? CM Punk is not impressed? Yeah, where he does the little sideways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recognize it. No. Not the West, most Is it I mean, cheating but... if I Google this? I don't know what the... I, 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 I can't... It is cheating if you Google it, because okay. it will show uh, the other person in the ring, and then you'll know. Uh, it's, it's, it's WWE pre to him leaving, obviously, and he's doing a little sideways, like, look at this fucker uh, guy, kind of face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Triple H? Correct. Okay. Very off the mark with one point. Which, next question. Which WrestleMania is Paige here from? <laughs> Um, (laughs) uh, absolutely no fucking idea Uh, was it not from the horror show at Extreme Rules no no. Uh, 2019 it's a complete complete guess you're very close it was 2018 yeah I knew it was going to be one of those Wrestlemania 34 baby so uh, Barry's already lost but we'll do the next two we'll keep going anyway Uh, on which social media platform was Kurt Angle's thousand yard stare meme originally uploaded oh originally I don't know I'm going to just because this is where I'm going to assume TikTok because that's where it took off but it might not be it is TikTok. It is TikTok. Right, well okay. That is a very funny meme. That is that is good. And the final question: uh, Which pay per view did the "Ooh, a little bit of the bubble" meme originate from? Brackets popularized by Barry Murphy on Twitter. Yes, um, yeah, I never got my arrows for that. What, um, what pay per view? <laughs> uh, what's that from? All Out 2019. That is correct. Yes, Barry. Well it was when he won the title. So. Three points. So Paul's up four to three. So what we do the tie break because if Barry gets both of them, he wins. Okay, how about that? Sick. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> whoever shouts it out first gets the point. Mm. What was the name of the event? Name of the event where Titus O'Neil trips and falls under the ring. Greatest Royal Rumble. Oh, Barry in with the buzzer beater. <laughs> one, one point, baby. Um, that is correct. And then the final question. Here we go. Is the Ms. Girl, Ms. Girl reaction gif from Raw or SmackDown? Raw. Oh, Barry Sunny! <laughs> it's when he won the title, I'm fairly sure. The annoying thing is, I knew both of those answers, but for some reason, I couldn't. Gotta be saying. quick, gotta be quick, quick, quick. Paul Aww. forgot to put his uh, meme quiz shirt on. <laughs> he took it off at the end for some reason. I, mean, I, 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 I did win 4-3, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that was the real quiz, though. That was the real quiz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry, yeah, yeah. Barry yeeted that kettle right over the phone. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you very much, Will. Will adds, I'm, I'm off to Ireland in the summer Ooh. on holiday, taking the ferry to Rosslare. Mm-hmm. And Maybe driving to the West Coast. So if you have any recommendation for places to visit, please Go let me away. know. Love the show as always, Will. 
yeah, yeah we, we, these will be obvious answers but like Galway the Wild Atlantic Way uh, Ring of Kerry I mean Ooh. they're the classics for a reason you'll get you'll get the proper proper rural fucking Ireland experience there um, and Galway City as well if you want an actual city part of your trip that's not just you know mountains and that Galway Killarney City is lovely is nice. Killarney is nice yeah I hope I hope, I hope you enjoy and do report back send us a, a travel report that'd be great um, thank you very much Will for the quiz I greatly appreciate it. I have a mail here from our friend Enrique. Thank you very much, Enrique. He's uh, weighed in on the predictions front. He says, uh, hey, guys, I'm not sure what the rule is for submitting predictions this year, but here are some I thought up uh, that I would forget to keep track of. A WWE contracted talent will appear in a PWG ring. Interesting. A major GCW star will have a very bad and very public falling out with the company owner. I mean, that's that's, (laughs) that's as solid as it gets. That's already happened, probably. That's probably already happened, but we'll let you have that one anyway. uh, UFC will try to get a fighter involved with the WWE. They will end terribly for all parties. That's very Mm. interesting. I've been wondering if there'll be any cross-pollination um there uh triple h will go on the joe rogan podcast um oh this is a spicy one sting will sign a legends deal with wwe after his retirement no. i would be i would be fascinated to see that um uh and then he says Shawn michaels will have another match in nxt i think that's also a very good pick i think that has to be the most regretted comeback match of all time. Uh, uh, mm. fat, fat paycheck or not, I'm sure he'd rather have uh, a, a little takeover, you know, match on Mania weekend or something. Uh, great picks. Yeah, some nice spicy picks there, Enrique. Greatly appreciated. I will come back to your mail this time next year and see how you did. I feel, I feel like a Triple H, has he done? No, Triple H has done the Paul Brothers podcast, I believe. And he's, done a Paul, couple, yeah. and he's done a couple of the other kind of like sports adjacent. I'd say he would he would love to do the, the, the Rogan. Yeah, and Rogan's um, been a lot more. Rogan, who was a notorious wrestling phobe, yeah. has kind of, he's had a lot of wrestlers on it recently. I think he's kind of understanding it. Finally. Yeah, I think I think, you know, and plus, you know, his look his 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 bread is buttered by Endeavor. And so it's mm-hmm. it's um it is it is just it's less um I saw a clip go doing the rounds there of like Rey Mysterio getting a big pop at a wrestling show. And I'm sorry, at a UFC show when he was there. And it was just funny to me because it was like once upon a time it was like this it was very forced. It was like MMA fans and wrestling fans like pretending they yeah. hated each other, but I think it was all kind of I think it was more kind of they obviously liked both but like wrestling fans were resentful of MMA because it was the new thing, and MMA fans were resentful of wrestling because it was the fake thing. But I think the cross pollination there is massive, and I think Rogan knows that. Yeah, I think know, I think at a time a big portion of the MMA audience were lapsed wrestling fans almost in a pre totally way yeah i mean the the uh, the i mean it's a, it is a proper like you know butterfly effect moment when when ultimate fighter went on you know uh, uh after raw or whatever it was which which everyone and their dog tries to claim uh they knew that was going to lead to the success of ufc uh these days but anyway uh good email thank you very much will and enrique for your contributions greatly appreciated chair shot podcast.com is where the email form is if you want to reach out to us um Sticking with the wrestling here, we'll jump over to um, uh, Dynamite, uh, which I thought was excellent this mm. week. I mean, I thought Dynamite couldn't uh, uh, couldn't have been much better. Really, it was a real return to form. They've had some good weeks already this year, yeah. but this one was a uh, this one was a. Class. I thought I thought Collision the same. I thought, I thought they, Collision was they, really good as well. Yeah. They both they both nailed the brief in terms of Dynamite being the story heavy show, and Collision being the wrestling focus show which is not not say that dynamite only has story and collision only Mm. has wrestling but the the balance is a little bit skew in that way i thought that dynamite had great matches but more importantly 
really efficient and well done storytelling. And I thought Collision had like at least two or three four star and above matches. Yeah. With good context and good storytelling as well. So like big thumbs up for me across the board. Uh, I, I, I kind of just want to kick off here with Undyne. Let's just start with the main event because I know we talked a lot last week about the big, um, the potential for Hook to kind of have a little bit of a coming out moment here by having a, a proper, proper main event. I think he did. And I thought he did in a really interesting way, which was that the match really wasn't about Hook going. He was he was 50-50 with Joe and he was he was there. He almost had him. It, it wasn't that. And I feel like it was all the better mm-hmm. for not being that because they've we've seen very little of Hook vulnerable, which I think has been the big question mark about him. And mm-hmm. I kind of love that this match was about him. He kind of got he kind of got bombarded uh, uh, by Joe a lot. And he kind of had one big key hope spot at the end that was great. Um, but I thought he, I thought he more than delivered. And I mean, Joe, Joe is Joe. I thought it was a phenomenal Joe performance. Uh, I really liked the match. What did, what did you boys think of it? I, th- I like, I did like the story of it. I thought it was different from what they they normally do. And I thought, it, yeah, it made made Hook look really good. And then, you know, the post match as well, calling him out, <laughs> come beat me up some more. Is that all you got? Yeah, the classic. <laughs> great. That was great. Um, yeah, I think it helps. I think it did, it did help Hook put him back kind of on the map a little bit after sort of just he's been doing more hanging around with the best friends for a few months. Did mm. the Jungle Boy thing, which was yeah, whatever. I think Hook needs he needs something meaty now. Give him something a bit good, good little feud. Come on. Mm. Yeah. The one thing I think. Oh, I thought it was great. Obviously, first of all, I love the kick out at one. I had actually oh, yeah. said while while we were watching it. Hook needs to be kicking out a one for one of these here. <laughs> Get the old fire up. And then he, he did it like seven mm. seconds later. The only thing I, I, I would have played a little bit more into the Taz uh, connection. Yeah. Just, to, just to really pr- play on the emotions. You know where Hook was selling on the outside after Joe fucked him into the table? Mm. Taz at one point said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take my headset off here. And mm. I would have had Taz, you know, Taz go over and check on Hook. Just, just to really play on that mm-hmm. relationship. And they kind of did. They kind of kept at arm's length with that. I think that it was might, just giving it an extra little sprinkle of emotion to it. But. My, my girlfriend was shocked when Hook was like get, got beaten up after the match. She's like, "Why is Taz not getting in the ring?" You know. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I know Taz." Though I mean, he takes he does take wrestling very seriously, and he's very knowledgeable. And I, if I was to put money on it, I would say his apprehension is probably obviously it's cool that he's my son, and I think I think the fans appreciate that his son, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wants fans to do the oh this this guy is where he is because his dad is you know mm. so well, I, I think, think Hulk's whatever been around would, long know. enough that people yeah. don't do that already. But I think I think he I, you know I, he strikes me as the type of guy who would think mm. about that kind sure. of thing you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I did think especially when Joe hit him with the low blow after the match, I was like, man, I'm I'm shocked they're not doing an angle here where Taz gets up. Um, I like Excalibur as well. Real deep cut to about three weeks of TNA television saying that, that Taz had business <laughs> dealing to Joe. Joe in the past. I was like, that's a great, that is a great pull. That is a great, great pull. Um, uh, you know, for a little bit. But yeah, uh, top-notch stuff. And, and yeah, the, the post-match with the little little Undertaker, Jeff Hardy thing, you know, from that, that ladder match back in the day where Jeff Hardy basically just asked for an extra ass-whooping to prove yeah. himself, which is, a, which is a great spot. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Hangman, hangman and Swerve. Hangman and Swerve. Presence yeah. around the ring. Yeah. Uh, and also, let's, let's not forget to mention the best spot of the match. Smojo's um, 
satisfied victory stroll around the ring yes. after he killed Hook. Oh, Samoa Joe's the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, off to, yeah, off to a good start, so on this reign. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, going back to the uh, top of the broadcast, we had another great match. Uh, countering the 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 young, uh, exciting prospect in the in the main event, we had uh, we had two we, we had two of the steadiest workers uh, 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 in the game in in Dustin Rhodes and Christian having a just a super simple but super effective uh, uh, top notch TV match in the opener for the yeah. TNT title. Uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love what we're calling it like super simple, super. You know, cl- classic style. I mean, you know, Nick Wayne, Nick Wayne still did take a, a Canadian destroyer on the outside. Yeah, there was a Canadian destroyer <laughs> on the floor. I will acknowledge that. But other than that, it was a lot of like, it was. you know, Dustin Rhodes getting a big pop for like missing a cross body. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, the type yeah, of thing yeah. he nails. Uh, yeah, these these two uh, 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 wise old sages just going out there and just showing these kids how it's done. Yeah, uh, yeah. Two two fellas. I mean, Christian. I mean, they de- Christian definitely picks his spots. For TV matches, he's not wrestling every week. That's probably intentional. For you know, he's he, you know, he's had his share of injuries, and he's 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 no spring chicken these days. But I, I, I would in a perfect world, I would love to see. I would just love the guy to be wrestling every single week because he's so good. Um, right. uh, and he, he really brings something. But yeah, and then we got the, the 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 Christian stable antics before the finish, as as you would expect. Um, but yeah, top notch stuff. Uh, we had a segment that completely caught me off guard. But was was lovely all the same. We'd Mark Briscoe coming out to mm. acknowledge the the anniversary of his brother's passing at uh, this time last year, yeah, uh, which is obviously quite sad. And then uh, uh, to uh, um, you know raise raise the spirits uh, uh, after acknowledging that that very somber thing. He talked about Jay's daughters, who of course were uh, were terribly injured in the, in the accident where he passed away, and you know told they would never walk again and things like that. And then out they came from behind the curtain to a big reaction. Uh, walking under their own power. I mean that if if that is not if that is not the definition of, of feel good TV, especially on the on a somber anniversary where it, it obviously you know very sad a uh, 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 passing that just devastated all the wrestling. I mean if that was not um, uh, uh, you know a, a bittersweet uh, a moment of triumph, it was great. It was it was great. It really lovely, was lovely stuff. The only thing that could have improved it, I think, is if Christian Cage had come out at the end. Right. Of, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Yeah, it is funny that like that like they that it was they, like back to back, but you know, um, but yeah, no, this was great, and they had as well as so the 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 two girls came up, but they had the whole family there at ringside as well, uh, uh, which was uh, which was lovely. So yeah, nice moment, and again after after they came out, they they did a good job of just like letting it breathe and just like you know the crowd cheered and they soaked in the moment. Uh, it was lovely. It was lovely. Uh, elsewhere on this show, a couple of other notes here. We got the Bullet Club winning the trios titles. The Ring of Honor one? Well, the six man. So it, the story here is what? That the acclaimed want the Bullet Club to join up with them so they can take on the Adam Cole faction. Is that what we're supposed to glean for this? Yeah. Seems incredibly ill-advised, stupid babyface behavior to think that Jay White and his 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 gang of 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 backstabbers will, will be like why why as the babyfaces would you want? I understand it's like okay, we were both wronged by the Adam Cole faction. Yeah, the enemy of, of my them. enemy is my friend. That's but the, it just that's seems so silly within the logic of the show to think that that you could trust Jay White. I mean, I don't mm. know. Anyway, um, I since since the acclaimed are the the 
the AEW trio champion. I'm kind of hoping this is leading to a, a unification. unification. Yeah. And let's get the Ring of Honor. You can have you can have one con verse uh, uh, set of trio titles. I don't think you need to. Seriously, I don't think you need to. Just, um, you should merge all of them. Just keep the the. I don't know the world title. Yeah, just like Maybe I, I'm, the tag, I'm, but I'm a big kind of like you know two three belts. Like I'm 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 not I'm not big into all the different belts, mm. but uh, but yeah. So that was that. The match was all right. It wasn't you know it wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. Yeah, there's there's new uh, music as well. The uh, who does Bullet Club Gold? Oh, the Biz Clues Jizz. Because yeah. I, I guess Jay White had been using his New Japan theme up until now, and obviously with all this movement between what we spoke about with Okada and all the moves mm. from Japan. I wonder if there's maybe AW were, were kind of assuming that, ah, oh, we have a partnership with them, it's fine, we use all their music. Maybe they want to start having to use their own music a little bit. I don't know, but, but the other the other thing is if if that were the case, they presumably have to stop using the name Bullet Club, I would say. Mm. Um, you know. Yeah. Do you I don't, I don't know about who owns Bullet Club. I feel like it's one of those, everyone seems to use it. It's just oh, like, I'm sure New Japan owns that. I'm oh, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure I, I, they probably have some licensing up. agreement or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. And like it's it's kind of like latter day NWO, where obviously people in like other countries are using it, but it's all like uh, it's all through there. Any anyone who's not approved by New like for every time the Good Brothers do a revival of it in WWE, it's always under some other mm. name. Do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's AJ Styles had the club. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, I, I, no, I I I think it's pretty much. I think they own it, and if you're not in their in their good graces i think there's a bullet club team in in tna as well and even though you know Bay and uh yeah someone else yeah chris bay and i think Ace Austin, Austin, i think Austin, and, yeah. so even though they're not you know they're not showing up at, at the tokyo dome i think they are still in the good graces of tna mm. of, uh, you know, in New it's Japan interesting as well though that they're they're kind of leaning into the bang bang gang mm. I, less so as a nickname and more so as kind of an alternate name for well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, and uh, to your point again about the relationship, maybe, maybe there, you know, it doesn't seem like it's it's kaput yet, but maybe there's some contingencies being put into place. You know, maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, so that was that. Uh, we had the aforementioned private party match uh, against uh, Top Flight. Um, I think this is going to be like a solid little little mid card tag feud because they had a finish where um, uh, Quinn got the pin with the ropes, but they kind of played it like he was losing his balance and instinctively grabbed it. As that's what, that's what he grabbed. said on Collision. Obviously which lying. I, which I like. think would be a nice touch to justify another match. Um, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd watch these boys uh, uh, have another, yeah. have, a, have a little series. You know, I think four talented lads, get, get them mixing it up weekly. Yeah. Um, I like that they're just such little shits, private party. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, kids. <laughs> they should they should be heels. Like the entrance is a heel thing. Like the mute, the song is good, but the whole velvet rope, like that's that's heel yeah. stuff. You know, Qu- so. Quen doing his little a little Willy Wonka roll into like a hip thrust as his yeah. entrance. They're just great. And yeah. like, and I and I think as well, top flight are more like really conventional baby faces. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. flippy yeah, sure. do boyos who sell a lot, and they're they're kind of likable, and they don't they don't really have a gimmick other than we're exciting, we do cool things, and private party have a bit more of a kind of and like irritating in your face gimmick. So I think I think that's a good direction. I, I I'll watch more of these. Um, we had the young box promo, um, which I mean. I felt like I felt like they were just they really wanted you to think it was super interesting and spicy because they made their little kind of I guess CM Punk illusions, but like first of all, who cares anymore? I mean, who cares? Yeah, it's, 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 it's in the it's in the room though. And then they're they're kind of trying to do this thing where it's kind of like we're we're bitter about the old guys, but oh, but not Sting. 
you know, um, which mm-hmm. I guess they're going to, I assume. That's kind of more, more passive aggressive almost. Yeah, they'll, they'll double back on that, I assume, at some point and, and really start to stick at this thing. Uh, this, uh, this didn't do much for me, I got to say. This did not do much I, for me. I'll say I thought it was less aggravating than what they had been doing previously, but not by huge amount. I, I preferred it to what they normally do, yeah. Yeah, was, I think that's fair. It was I different. It was something different, and it wasn't the kind of tongue-in-cheek shtick of uh, who really cared. Like, they were doing something, at least. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and I think Nick people. came off yeah. more... Matt was still doing his kind of whiny voice. And you know... <laughs> but Nick was a little yeah. bit more sure and, and direct in his delivery. You know, I think with Young Bucks, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be, ultimately. And if at least this is, as you say, Joe, in a in a slightly different direction to what we're used to getting for the last yeah. years. I like their little mustaches. I like their little Vince McMahon mustaches. <laughs> oh yeah, um, the, the, the the shitty outfits I think are good. I think I think they are good. And yeah, I yeah, I I, I wasn't big on this, but I I'd absolutely take it over the weird the weird kind of like just detached nothingness they've had for the last like year or so mm-hmm. where it's like they're doing they're too cool for school but i don't know if it's a bit or they just think they are i don't know i think this yeah. is a more interesting I, direction but i think for this to work there has to be you can do a few weeks of kind of the passive aggressive we're, we're back office sting mm. is we want to get but then you have to have uh, like let's say okay how many weeks is it until the pay-per-view six weeks or so week Two or week three, you have a prom or a segment where they just beat the fuck out of Sting. You have to get. I'm going to sound like fucking Jim Cornette or Bully Ray here, but you have to get some heat into the into the 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 feud. I I don't think they have to do it that. I think they do a couple more weeks of promos, but then there's a spark maybe in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're going to slow roll it. Um, yeah, because again, kind of like the Roderick Strong matches, like that. You know, I realize we're near the end of January, but that pay per view is still like six weeks away. Mm. So I think, based on the, the the tenor of this interview, I think they are going to be slow rolling it for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, the only other thing I think here we had uh, the the Diana. I was about to say debut, but she she debuted on Collision. The Diana uh, Anna J match, which I thought was pretty decent. Um, I I have been lower on the Tony Storm stuff than than certainly you, Paul. But I was I thought she was quite funny this week. I will say, <laughs> confusing Riccoboni for Shivani, I thought was yeah. good. Um, uh, and when um, everyone else joined in and saying he looked much better without the earring was a very good oh touch. Uh, the, my my favorite line in a long time when she referenced the uh, fat ass and a bad attitude. Yeah. It yeah. was so, so did Orson Welles love. Yes, that was the last line of the <laughs> week for sure. <laughs> uh, that won me back around because I, I, I was fed up with this, but like, uh, yeah, that was good. That yeah, was she. Good. I, I think, I think she personally is quite quick, and I think, I think she really showed that off on commentary. The, some of the, the vignettes are just a bit. They're a bit much, and I, I, yeah, I think the idea is I still just don't really. I think the the gimmick is just too much for me. It's too cartoony. But I, she, I think she really proved here that she's she's razor sharp and she's she's got a she's got some. So I'll be interested to see what. So they're doing a face to face next week. So I'll be interested to see what is, is that going to be a pre tape backstage with Renee or is it going to be a live mm. mic thing where they can maybe barb a little bit and she might get to show off a bit more of that stuff. Um, yeah, I guess that's a pay-per-view match. Um, yeah, I would think. Uh, and I'd imagine Deanna loses because I, I don't imagine she'd, she'd be. They're, they're obviously they're, like they're all about Tony Storm. That's really obvious. Uh, and I think I think they're they're probably gonna. This one's gonna go until way down the line. Probably until Mariah May is ready to face her. I would say so. I, I wouldn't be. Uh, 
mm. expecting this to end anytime before that. Uh, that was really the show. Yeah, and that was uh, that was a, a top notch, top notch edition of uh, Dynamite um, this week. Uh, Collision. I watched the main event of a Collision, um, Ooh, which I thought you was... didn't watch the best match then. Oh well, well, well I well, see so you watched it. So what was the best match? It, it, it hit me. Uh, buddy, buddy Matthews and oh. Daniel Garcia had a ooh, early match of the year contender. I believe that. I believe that. Absolutely excellent. I mean, Collision, as I said earlier, was really, really strong. There was a lot of stuff they did on this show that I, I appreciated, especially after the last two weeks being so critical that they they felt like two hour rampages. This felt like peak Collision. Um, Moxley's back. He beat Shane Taylor and cut a very serious promo afterwards. Uh, this is not Moxley doing doing gags and, and funny Tony Storm bits. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not taking any more crap this year. Um, people who want to come to me, whether you're a colleague, whether you're a teammate, interesting, uh, you're going you're to have to keep up because I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a runaway train and I'm, I'm not stopped. Mm-hmm. And but but he also wrestled like, like there was there was no hint of like comedy here. This was Moxley fighting, and it was exactly what what you didn't, want from it. Didn't put kebab sticks in his head. Nope, nope. Good, just knuckles, knuckles Good. and chokes. Um, Adam Copeland, the Cope Open was back, uh, which I knew was four points for Joe again. <laughs> but, uh, Adam Copeland, Dante Martin had a, a little banger. <laughs> Oh, that I, sounds, I didn't I, even know that was the match. That sounds good. Yeah, I think oh. Copeland's like Copeland's like best match, best straight straightforward match since he joined AEW. Um, really, really great, really great stuff. And then he he cut a a fun little promo afterwards with Shivani in the ring that he's he's still coming for Christian Cage. Um, Thunder Rosa Queen Amanata was was pretty good as well. I think Can Amanata. I uh, yeah. So they they didn't in the promo they didn't set up Minoru Suzuki did they they just announced no, that, in a, that in was a at the very area. end yeah, yeah okay fair enough good 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 okay sorry one um, Aminata has got a, a really good presence to her I like her presentation yeah. a lot I was I was like I haven't seen her in like ages because she used to be a regular like like uh, on the the YouTube shows ages ago and I can't remember was it was it um, was it Diana I can't remember she wrestled somebody in a, in like a throwaway. She was a, a jobber on Dynamite a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "She's like really, really solid, and would be a a, a really good regular on the show." And I guess they 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 signed her up, so yeah, good good to yeah. see. Uh, they did the acclaimed Bullet Club Gold segment where they acclaimed came out and wanted them to join, create the super faction, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, and after some deliberation, they joined, and they did the scissors and the gun, the guns together, mm. and the crowd loved it. Obviously, seems to be a uh, a subterfuge. I imagine there will be a, a twist and a turn down the line. Um, but the crowd loved it. The crowd was super into it. Um, we had then Daniel Garcia against Buddy Matthews. Let me tell you, Buddy Matthews, severely underrated. And I know oh, that, yeah. that is a bit redundant to say because a lot of people really you know, highly rate him, but a hell of a showing here. Garcia was there every step of the way. Those two guys are so good. Garcia did get the win with a, a jackknife pin out of nowhere after Matthews had him beaten. Garcia, um, another one that I think this time next year, I we really shouldn't be talking about. Oh, hopefully they're going to do something with him soon. He should, you know. Yeah. I'm not. I, at the end of the day, they can't all be world champion because we've on this show we've said, okay, it's got to be Swerve's year and Hangman's yeah. ready to really. So I'm not saying he should be the world champion, but like 
he shouldn't just be a guy in a stable, you know, on the come up in a year's time. Do you know what I mean? I Correct. think we've it's it's time it's time to make hay here uh, with with uh, Mr. Garcia. But yeah, I might, I might go back and watch that match because I they're both two top lads, big match, buddy. Lots of respect. Yeah, really, really great. Uh, and then there was a big a big brawl with FTR and House of Black, which led to another announcement later on. Uh, Roderick Strong, Matt Seidel, pretty good uh, as you might expect from these uh, generation next teammates from mm. here. Uh, Seidel's cut all his hair off as well. He's got short hair again now. Oh, oh, you know what I, I, I hated? Was it on Dynamite where they, there was a Seidel Jericho? Oh, that, uh, yeah. Oh, that was, was like, I was like, I know you're born again. Shut up. Oh, my God. Idiot. And also, and also like, Seidel referenced <sighs> beating him. Like, what? In 2009, you're doing a callback to you. Shut up. The pair of you. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the main event, which you said you mentioned, uh, you've seen Danielson and Claudio against Kingston and Ortiz. Ortiz taking the pin in that one. Did not see <laughs> that coming. What a thought. Shocked. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, though. Really good. I, I really enjoyed it, and I like the post, the post uh, game where... You know, Danielson, who everyone loves, Danielson, spitting directly in Kingston's face. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the, the the kind of talking about collision, getting back to the kind of original collision vision. This was a really simple wrestling match where they yeah, just hold, 20 minutes. It's just, it's just, you know, Kingston and Danielson is the feud. Obviously, Kingston and Claudio have their other thing, but it's mainly Kingston and Danielson. They, all, they get in there with a partner and they just have a mean hard-hitting match they're telling their story in the ring and it was so simple but so effective i thought it was it was really really great yeah kingston um, is really great here as well as always yeah so it's, uh it's we yeah. stop match and then they announced some stuff for dynamite i gotta tell you if if i was high on the tv this week next week's tv is looking pretty pretty tasty let me give you let me give you the, on dynamite dynamite we got penta against hangman page lovely mm. we've got jeff hardy against swerve strickland Oh, hope that's oh. about 20 seconds. Uh, Wardlow, Trent Beretta. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, the Acclaimed will defend the show's title against the Mogul Embassy. Okay. And, and again, the Cope Open will will uh, make a, a detour into Dynamite this week. And oh, as oh. the Cope Open is, as Barry touched on, Minoru Suzuki. Now, that is what you do when you bring in a w, an ostensibly a WWE guy. And we've talked about how Edge kind of hadn't felt like he'd become an AW guy yet. When you put a person like Edge in with Minoru Suzuki, that's the kind of stuff you'd never seen before from from Edge. That, that, that's that, the weird shit. We're getting a little bit that's weird. weird shit. That, t- that's that, that, that tickles tickles my, my, my juices a little bit. Um, and they announced for Collision next week, going up against the Royal Rumble, so it'll be in front of about six people. <laughs> uh, elimination six-man cage match. FTR and Daniel Garcia against the House of Black. Ooh. That's going to be an absolute banger. Uh, I will be watching the Royal Rumble that night, though, so I'll be watching Collision maybe uh, on tape delay. I I kind of forgot that it was against that, and I'm I'm surprised they went the let's load up the show and not the let's have a quiet week because we're going to get killed anyway. Because I, I think the, yes. the, the, the the early analysis shows that regardless of the card, this mm. show gets murdered by WWE babies. And I, this is the wrong I, Yeah, so. I guess the thinking is, okay, if people are at least going to watch it on a delay, let's g- give them a reason to at least watch on delay. Yeah, there is a delayed viewing, you know, that, that counts. It's, I know when we talk about ratings, it's just the, the overnight, but like... Yeah, because if, if you're not watching it live, it's yeah, very it's easy to say, oh, I'll just skip it this week. But if there's yeah. something on it you you you, you want to see, 
maybe there's a sense of it. Yeah, the, the seven day plus ratings or whatever they call it, you know. Yeah. But a really, a really good dynamite and a really good collision. Let's more, more of this, Anthony, please. That's it, and let's uh, let's see where we're at uh, next week. So yeah, I guess uh, uh, I don't say preview, but I guess I guess we'll talk about the Rumble next week because it's Saturday. I'm, I'm still not used to Saturday pay per views for for WWE. Uh, segwaying out of wrestling, now we have got uh, some movies to chat about. Who has seen a film this week? We all have, I think. We all have, but who wants to talk about them? That's the real question. Oh, I've, well, I've, I've just got the one. I've just got the one. I saw the hot, saw the holdovers on, mm. uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, popped along to the cinema. So this is, I think it only came out this week. It was a Christmas film. It was out in, in November in the US, but we're, yeah. we're just getting it in January, unfortunately. Um, Paul Giamatti playing a cranky, bloody crank, you know, typecast again, bloody Giamatti. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> a kind of elite boarding school who has to babysit the kids that are left behind for the holidays. So it's it's a Christmas movie, kind of, or a holiday, you know, very much a holiday movie. And um, it's filmed in a very kind of retro style. Uh, so it tries to recreate the kind of 70s feel from the, the titles onwards. Um, and I thought it was a very enjoyable, very charming film. Um, I liked all of the main characters. Um, it's kind of a hangout movie in that it's not particularly, you know, the plot. <laughs> isn't what drives it it's more kind of characters uh, mm. and and vibes of, of that era um but it was very good and it wasn't quite what i was expecting I, I thought it's not necessarily just contained to the school i thought it was going to be like almost like a single room single location type film but it kind of expands out a bit more it becomes more about the relationship rather than the the, the concept of all oh, this stuck at school all over the holidays mm. kind of thing uh, it goes goes beyond that and it's probably more interesting uh, for that um so i thought it was good i think the only the only the only criticism I have I didn't love the main guy and I think a lot of people have been raving about his performance so the teen uh, the, the kind of lead um, the kid who's in it he's kid, like, I, I can't remember a kid but no not dramatic I can't call him a kid although he looks about 25 so. <laughs> is it yeah it's like, it's like a 20 something year old playing a teenager yeah, right? yeah. so I, I call him a teen but he does look like a man but I, I think that kind of added to it actually because he sort of looks like he should be an adult, but he acts like a kid. And that kind of adds a little bit more, um, you know, conflict into it. Like he's not really a grown up, even though he now, you know, has got a five o'clock shadow and sort of looks like a man. Um, that kind of added, I like that. But I, I, I don't know, there were times where his performance was a little bit like drama school. Like mm. it was almost kind of, I'm like, uh, yeah, I just, just you, know, I'm, you know, I'm not quite buying this. But apart from that, I, I, I liked it a lot. It was a, uh, very enjoyable film, heartwarming, um, mm-hmm. without being schmaltzy. Exactly, oh, yeah. too, too schmaltzy. Yeah, I think too schmaltzy. Uh, Giamatti is great in as well. Mm. He's so good. And then what's yeah. the 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 cook's name? I can't remember the actress's name. I thought she was she was fantastic as well. She was she was really good. Yeah, she doesn't. It'd be easy with that type of character to kind of fall into stereotype of kind of you know sassy no, sassy black subtle. middle-aged kind of black woman going you know that kind of, but yeah. they, they they get into you know characters with a lot of time and, and kind of depths to get into and she mm. does it really well so I, I enjoyed that yeah um yeah it was very good really good yeah Sh- shame it didn't come out over here 
in time for time. Christmas. It would have been nice. It would have been nice. It's yeah. I, I I I loved it as well. It's a really really fun movie. I've been to the cinema as well. Joe, to see a movie that you reviewed recently. <laughs> the other way around. Uh, so I've started watching the uh, Oscar movies for the year, as I oh, do yeah. every year. Only thing is, you might say, "Well, Paul, the Oscar nominations haven't even come out yet." Mm-mm. You're right, you are correct. So I've gone to paddypower.com <laughs> and okay. looked, looked at the, the odds, taking the top 10 from every category, and then picking the movies that are appearing the most times, so that are most likely to get at least a nomination. So I watched three this week. First, I watched Saltburn. Mm. You've seen Barry, right? I have seen. And Joe, did you watch Saltburn yet? No, no, no. Saltburn is the zeitgeist at the moment. Everyone's talking about Barry Kilgan's performance. Yeah. Um, in Saltburn. I came down relatively low on Saltburn, if you've seen my score. Yeah, me too. I I thought I think Saltburn has enough individual moments to warrant a watch. Yes. I don't think I don't think it's shocking and I don't think it's offensive, but there's enough like creative moments in there. That other films just aren't doing. That I said, okay, this is something. This is something new. There's something to this. Mm-hmm. I will say though, I thought the first like forty minutes were excruciating. Really? <laughs> like, yeah, that's like kind of the watching, stuff I liked. <laughs> no, I felt like I was watching an episode of like Made in Chelsea or one of those just fucking annoying Toffs movie. Um, and when they finally went to the Saltburn estate, that's when I kind of started to get into it because it was it, it got a bit madder. So, kind of sort of same reasons you love. Um, uh, Male- what's the name of the movie with the oh um uh, malevolent no what the fuck no Mel what the fuck what's malignant the malignant malignant because <laughs> they go to Saltburn and the movie starts to kind of go a bit unusual yeah. and fall fall off the rails a little bit that's that's why I started to like it um and then at the end there's a there's a twist and there's a reveal that is so heavy handed and so obvious. That if you didn't see it coming, you must you know, been watching the movie blindfolded or something because it's yeah. It's, I, th- it's I think a- you, I think you said it, Barry. Uh, to say it like an iron cheek, you said it perfect, Bubba. Which is <laughs> um, is like it was so obvious that when they revealed it, it was almost like oh, was that supposed to have been a twist? It's it's the most unearned usual suspects moment. It's like yeah. so, and we also like me with the, one of the things again, keeping it somewhat vague, but the part of the reveal sequence is like a, a character sending an email, and I was like, was I not supposed to know that that's who? It was so fucking obvious at the time that that's what happened. Like it was, and that, I think that's kind of also the problem with with um, a promising young woman as well. It's like these movies it. are clever. But they're not as clever as they seem to think. Really they are. not. Really <laughs> yeah. not as clever. Um, but also, there's there, there was other problems I had with it throughout, which were, I, mean, I think I think it's a really good looking movie, but yes. I don't think that does enough of the heavy lifting to allow for the the shortcomings it has. No. Also, uh, Carrie Mulligan shows up, obviously of promising young woman mm. fame, and she just like is like a kooky character who's in the movie for thirty seconds and then it just disappears and is never spoken of again. Yes. Yeah. That was, um, yeah. So there's a disappointment there in terms of oh, Carrie Mulligan's in this. Oh no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cameo. Um, so I think I felt like I went like two stars on it. I just yeah. thought it, it felt like a waste of potential more than anything else. And and then like it annoyed me at the start. And then also the other thing with the reveal is that I thought there were huge amounts of it that don't make sense and, d- and don't work. I, w- I won't spoil it, obviously, but it, 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 it goes back to like the start of the movie. 
this was this was fake because it was what (laughs) i i I won't get into the specifics but there were some things explained that were too convoluted to make sense with what ultimately is the payoff at the end of the movie which and the payoff at the end of the movie is itself anyway nonsensical and and stupid so yeah the 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 characterization of kilgan's character is it's all over the place to me like like so, like a lot of the viral moments that have been widely discussed about this are conveying that he feels one way, and then it's revealed that he's feeling the other. And I'm like, okay, but there's some of those weird, kind of insane, like obsessive moments he does where he's like on his own and nobody's seeing it, so he's a part of it. Yeah, uh, it's it does not, it just doesn't click at all for me. And I, I no. you know, we're not trying to be all fucking. Oh, well, actually, uh, uh, itchy really strikes two different ribs. We're not trying to be all that about it. But I do think that, but that's kind of what the hook of the film is, is like the the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the dynamic and then the subsequent reveal. And it's like, well, they don't, they don't really work. I, yeah, yeah. But I, I can see why it captured, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's got moments of, of extreme that are, that are and it's a nice unusual, unusual like enough. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, oh, uh, and the performances are great. Are good. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think. Uh, Ederdy's getting a little bit overshadowed because uh, Hyun had the more over the top, for lack of a better term, yes. performance. But he, Ederdy, is excellent. And um, luckily, Ederdy was also excellent in my next movie, Priscilla. Priscilla. Uh, the the other side of the coin of last year's uh, Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie, or the year mm. before, wherever we are now. Uh, Priscilla is the new Sofia Coppola. Mm. Uh, I haven't seen Coppola's last few movies since somewhere i never saw bling ring and i never saw uh what was the last one she brought out i forget but i saw somewhere and i saw lost in translation i've 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 broadly liked her stuff um i thought priscilla was really excellent um the two leads playing elvis and and priscilla are both both top notch uh the first hour of the movie as joe was saying earlier about um about holdovers is very vibey very uh you're just spending time with elvis and priscilla and the 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 building blocks of the relationship and obviously there's controversy to that i like how that's portrayed elvis isn't necessarily a mustache twirling villain but there's even in the very early stages you can see the, the 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 subtext of what he's saying has allusions to what would ultimately come with certain elements of of abuse in that relationship um LRD, who in Saltburn plays a supremely convincing, tough English, here plays a very convincing uh, Memphis Elvis. So you're, <laughs> yeah. you, you would be surprised to find out that he's actually Australian because he's. I, excellent I, I asked after we watched Saltburn. I just, I, go, I search everyone. I goes, where is this guy from? Because he's an American in Euphoria, and he's a he's a oh, oh mate, yeah, we're loving it here in Oxford, aren't we? In in yeah. Saltburn, and I was like, where is this chap from? Also, why is he eight foot tall? Yeah, why is he re- main eventing WrestleMania? Shoot, six foot five. Um, yeah, which also towers over everyone in this movie because it makes Priscilla feel very tiny, very small. Yeah. Um, I will say one of the one of the issues of the movie is towards the latter end the pacing starts to go all wonky as it jumps around uh, Priscilla and Elvis's relationship. So the first mm. hour is kind of the courting and the early stages of the relationship, and then she's pregnant, and then he's jumpsuit Elvis. Right, and then you're like, oh wait a second, we've kind of lost the run of things here, and it does kind of fall into biopic, tick the box uh, tropes, unfortunately. But on the whole, very, very good. Uh, certainly the first hour was, you know, top, top notch. And as I said, the performances were great as well. 
I think it's actually a good companion piece to Lerman's Elvis. Because uh, that movie is very much about the excess of celebrity and Elvis becoming this giant star and and his relationship with the world uh, on a whole. And then Priscilla is more the relationship he has at home and the private life of Elvis and so on and so forth. Uh, and then I've been to the cinema today to see another little movie, uh, quite a good one, called Poor Things. Mm. Who's seen Poor Things? I'm going tomorrow Eve. Okay. So I'm going to be, this is going to be one of those cases where I'm way over the top with my praise for the movie. Um, Almost maybe to an unrealistic level. We'll see. We'll see. Because sometimes when I, when I like something, sometimes I have a tendency to come in here and talk about it like it's the fucking best. best Gosh, she's like a little schoolgirl. I love this movie. I should marry it. Mrs. Paul Poor Things. Mm. Well, my my initial takeaway was I think Poor Things is is one of the best films I've ever seen. What? Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! I love this guy. I absolutely loved every second of it. Um, it's creative to the nth degree. The performances across the board are excellent. In mm-hmm. particular, Emma Stone and uh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Um and uh, fucking Green Goblin, Green loved the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Willem Dafoe. Um, it looks fantastic. The 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 weird timeline it takes place in. I love the the infrastructure and the vehicles and the look of everything. Um, I love the direction story went. I mean, we talked last week about uh, Yorgos's other movies, The Lobster and. Mm. Uh, uh, the favorite talked about you know lobster. I really enjoyed the first half, and then I thought it fell off very badly. This one, I I was waiting for the moment where it would start to lose me, and then it just kind of never came. It kind of kept me kept me uh, interested throughout. I think Emma Stone, ironically, off the back of the favorite, gives a very Olivia Coleman feeling performance. I don't know how influenced mm. she was by Coleman, but um, it's really funny. It's one of the funniest movies I've seen in the cinema in a very long time. Audience were laughing mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah. Um, so let's just look at the checklist here. Great performances. Looks great. Great script. Is funny. Uh, is creative. Is that kind of um, hero's adventure kind of story. Something like, not quite the same, but something feeling similar to something like Coraline, which I loved as well. That sign of sort of the hero, the hero goes out out into the world and experiences these various different little adventures that she goes on. Right, each each one more more funny and creative than the last. I mean, I would really struggle to to point at anything specific about it that I didn't think was not only that I didn't like, but that I didn't think was like top notch. Okay, everything about it I thought was mm. was pretty perfect. Um. I'd love to watch it again, but my local cinema is only showing it twice a day um, while there's uh, 19 uh, Aquaman screenings. How is there still 19 of those? (laughs) Throw in the towel, boys. So I saw it in in a little tiny screen with with five rows. uh, Mm. And it was, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. 
I, I'm looking forward to going to see it because it, uh, we were there's actually a decent amount of stuff out in the cinema. The one that's out, mm. the, the leftovers is out. Uh, Odeon's doing a screen on scene. Oh, the holdovers, pardon me. Now I'm confused with my telegraph. Um, Odeon's doing a screen on scene tomorrow, which uh, people seem to have deduced is American fiction with Jeffrey Wright, which I'm actually really interested to see. Yeah. We were kind of agonizing about which to see because like, oh, there's a decent amount of stuff out, but it's like this probably won't be out for too much longer. So he's like, all right, let's go see this. So yeah, we'll go see that. I'll be interested to, to come yeah. back and, and, and weigh in. Uh, uh, and, you know, our new feature, Yorgos, genius or buffoon. Yeah. Um, well, it it, it feels a little bit like Terry Gilliam meets David Lynch meets Tim yeah. Burton in a way. Yeah, okay. better. And, and even yeah, and better, like super soon. I couldn't get it. It's so, so creative and so f- funny and so great. I love it. Weird without being weird for the sake of it. That was just 100%. 100%. You know, like, yeah. It uses the weirdness to enhance the story yeah. and everything and all that and the cameras and shit. It's yeah. good. Uh, also, Iron Claw out in a couple of weeks. We've already booked our tickets to see that little wrestling movie. So, um, oh yes, I'm very excited. Finally yep. coming out here as well. Absolutely. The weights we have to do to our, 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 our transatlantic <laughs> pals, you don't appreciate. I mean, like December to February for an A24 film, that's like great. That's like lickety split Amazon mm-hmm. Prime delivery for A24. They're usually fucking dreadful. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, we will uh, we will follow up on poor things next week, of course, uh, once I've, I've seen it. Uh, I have seen some films this week. Uh, we had a weird little mix of films this week. Uh, we didn't really know what to watch yesterday, so we decided to pop on The Big Short, which I haven't watched in a while. Mm. Uh, still great, still really good. Uh, um, pretty disappointing that the next thing McKay did was don't look up, but uh, no, I think vice. Yeah, vice. Yeah, oh, vice is fair enough. Yeah, I skipped vice because of that reception, and then I said, Oh, well, I'll watch Don't Look Up. And I should have skipped it. Was okay, vice was uh, 10 times worse than Don't Look I, Up. I honestly, watching the big short, I was like, I this makes me like Don't Look Up even, even less mm, because nice. like <laughs> this one is just straight up about something that's real and it's way better than their extremely yeah. tortuous. Uh, I'll tell you the uh, difference. You know. He adapted the big short, whereas yeah. he wrote the original screenplays for the other two. <laughs> right. Why don't you find a nice book to adapt? Uh, Adam? Yeah. yeah. Well, listen to the show book off coming up later. If you want some ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, then I got a bunch of first time watches. Uh, I, I, we kind of picked it as a joke. I mean, way back in today when these were in the cinema, I, I politicked to make sure we went to see Evil Dead Rise instead of The Pope's Exorcist, which I would admit I stand by because Evil Dead Rise was one of the best films of, of last year. Um, but I will say I was very pleasantly surprised by The Pope's Exorcist, which is the Russell Crowe on a little Vespa film, for mm. those of you who don't recall, um, uh, doing his wacky uh, Italian accent. The Pope's Exorcist is quite good fun, I will say. It's it's its biggest shortcomings is it's it's a it's a Hollywood exercise film, so it has to do all the tropes, right? You've got all the all the high spots from the from the post exorcism age uh, or post the exorcist, I should say, era of mm. films. And so there are parts of it where you're just like, yeah, okay, come on, we're doing this, we're do- we're doing this bit. But the rest of it is really good. Russell Crowe is like this, um, uh, uh, he's like the Pope equivalent of McBain. There's like a tribunal early in the film where where the, like in Vatican City where where these you know these like these damn bureaucrats are like that that crucifix of yours McBain is is against regulations and he's like uh, by book you know they're he's very much the stone cold steve austin of exorcists 
Um, so they kind of build him up as this kind of like, oh, he's a, he's a, he goes against the rules of Catholicism, but he, he he gets the job done. He's the Pope's right hand man. So they've got a little bit of political intrigue with his standing in in um, uh, 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 the, the world of of of. Um, of religion and then they obviously then have a self-contained kind of story about the the source of the exorcism he's, he's trying to exercise a child because it always has to be a kid in these movies after you know after the exorcist and i don't know it's it's really really good it's it looks a little bit cheap in spots um uh it, it, it was made for some comically small amount of money i think it was like a 15 million dollar budget which is obviously that that is nothing today for a a film that got a wide release with russell crowe as a star i mean like that's that is that is a paltry budget um and it looks at it a little bit because it's the same director i didn't realize until i was looking it up after the fact same guy who directed overlord which i really liked overlord was the um wyatt russell uh like uh, nazi zombie movie from uh uh three or four years ago which i loved overlord is great crack um and similar to overlord this has a lot of big set pieces as you know things kind of go a bit crazy it's a little bit more actiony it's not quite an action film but it's a little bit more there's there's some big set pieces and they're mostly good but they look a little bit cheap but i was very pleasantly surprised it's schlocky but you'll have fun with it and 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 crow is good crack in the in the main role i will say that um so yeah i enjoyed that also enjoyed uh two big ones off the old the old checklist that i i hadn't seen previously just earlier today i watched enter the dragon for the first time uh great Obviously, I will say not not as I, I think it's not this kind of spectacular. Oh, my God, the fights are the greatest thing you've ever seen kind of movie. It is not a raid or a John Wick necessarily. No, mm. not at all. The, the strength of the film is really it's just a really it's a cool movie. Do you know what I mean? The premise is super simple and they just deliver on it in incredibly stylish and satisfying ways. And it's carried by to my surprise, the cinematography. I think it's a great looking film. And I think it's carried by the the raw charisma of Bruce Lee. I've never seen a Bruce Lee film before, but I was like, this guy, this guy just pops off the screen. It is on believable he's so he's so charismatic he's got so much aura supporting cast right there as well great cast and really simple admittedly kind of one-dimensional but memorable characters it's such simple premise and they deliver on it really well and it's it's great stuff and 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 kind of befitting this this era of action films it's like bruce lee doesn't sell until the final act he's like he's not selling for any of these jabronis he doesn't get marked until the actual last fight which is how it's done folks that's how you really do it that's that's Um, a star it's called being a star yeah and also a little a tight little 90 minutes as well uh so he, he he kept it nice simple yeah great stuff so i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely keep working my way through some of these uh, uh kung fu classics that i have somehow missed over the years um similarly uh, uh a big one that i'm kind of shocked i i haven't seen before and i uh, brona couldn't believe it she said she loved the film i saw battle royale for the first time the uh, um, uh, uh, the movie what Fortnite took a toll identity from um, <laughs> the AEW uh, over the top rope rules. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's great. It is. It is. It is so so good. It's like simultaneously this kind of dystopian commentary horror action hybrid thing where where it's super tense and and it's full of twists and at the same time the the central characters have decidedly teenage personalities and problems amidst this life and death situation which i really really love there's a lot of kind of like 
petty you went after the boy i liked stuff in it as well which is just so funny uh, uh in the context of what's going on with him it's great it's really really fantastic uh, another one i was like right, i'm glad i got that checked off and i'll definitely watch it again um uh yeah and it, and it is funny this film from 2000 and then like 20 years later it it sort of indirectly inspired like the most popular genre of of video game like probably today currently active um yeah, those are my those are my watches and poor things tomorrow. Um, so uh, next week we will report back on that. We'll uh, jump over to Zatelli. Um, I haven't watched anything new, really. What have you boys been watching? I watched that new True Detective. Mm. Oh yes, episode one, oh, season tough. four, season four. Yes. What'd you make of it? Uh, so I watched it with the family. And, uh, and I'm going to be the only person watching it this week because everyone else has tapped out on it after one F. Actually, that was quite one episode. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just the vibe that they didn't they didn't get with. But it's uh, it's it's kind of you know it's it's set in uh, Alaska in the Arctic Circle, so it's not mm. quite rural America like the previous good right. seasons one and three. Uh, but I like it. I like the the mystery. Uh, mm. A group of scientists go missing. To figure out what's going on. So you have Jodie Foster, and I thought, I thought it was pretty decent. Thirty-six okay. episodes as well, so it's not a, it's not going to be a super long season. But um, I thought it was promising enough, and then everyone else said they hated it. So <laughs> let's, yeah, let's see yeah, it seems it seems a bit kind of divisive. But mm. I feel like that that first season, I feel like if it didn't have those two central performances, I feel like people would have tapped out on that for because I thought that was a very slow moving show. Um, mm. It was well written. I love True Detective season one, obviously, but I, I I do kind of think it's the type of show that if you didn't have those two central performances, I feel like Joe Soap would have been like, ah, this is so fucking like it's taking them forever to do anything slow, in this show, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see. I, I I haven't started it. I'm I'm interested to see what you make of it. I might join in in progress if if the word of mouth picks up a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the only TV. This I'm trying. I feel like I I've watched a couple of things. I, I and I'm kind of drawing a blank on them. Um. I finished season three of the of the workaholics, and I, I feel like it was a it was it was the weakest season so far. Unfortunately, I think that's a good small stakes. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's extremely cheap show, and I feel like that's to its benefit. When most of the antics are contained to the office or the house, it's great. They branched out a little bit in the season, and I'm like, eh. and like, yeah, I I, I kind of like you for that 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 more um, uh, 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 small scale stuff. It wasn't terrible, but it was definitely the weakest season so far. But uh, yeah. Uh, on the games front, uh, I am a couple of hours into that new Prince of Persia, which is a, a throwback to the original. It is a side-scrolling, uh, platforming, puzzle-solving endeavor. And I am really, really liking it. If you like them, Metroidvanias. Have you heard of these? They're very popular. The kids love these these days. It is one of those 2A T. You are like 20 minutes in and you're finding a bunch of pathways you can't get to and things are just ever so slightly out of reach and you're like you're looking at you're looking at the map and going damn that is almost that appears to almost be a double jump sort of distance away i wonder (laughs) will i come back here at some point with a double jump that would be cool um but it's super it is super addictive because i've only gotten two abilities so far and they're both awesome the first one you get is an air dash so again that doubles the distance you cover in the air the second one you get is a rewind because again this is this is a throwback but it's also doing a lot of the modern prince of persia stuff you've got time manipulation so the second ability you can like press l11s to 
put a little stamp of yourself in the map and then press it again to zip back to that point in the map. So maybe after a hazard has passed, super satisfying. It's, it's that great Metroidvania thing where when you get an ability, you go, oh, oh, uh, this this changes. Now Now the entire rest of the game is different because I, I have a, a genuine game changer yeah. here. Re- really liking it. Really liking it. Um, so yeah, I'm a couple of hours in playing on the old PlayStation. It looks nice. Um, yeah, I, I am looking forward to diving back into that. I do want to play it. It looks good. Yeah, I, I think you. I think you will. I think you'll really like it. I think you'll be. Really I like do it. have a little two D Metroid itch to scratch. I've never played Cas- Castlevanias though. I should, I should play any of them ever. No, nope. I mean I shouldn't be. I should. Be, I only played the first one like a year ago, so I don't know why I'm. I'm feigning shock that I played precisely <laughs> one of them about a year ago. So I'm not. I'm not. I should you know, play happy. Symphony of the Night at least or something. But I'm. I'm going to do I that on screen every, at some point. I played every two D Met- Metroid. So. I should play. I should play some of the other ones. Um, it, it looks great. I really want to. Play yeah, you'll it. you'll you'll enjoy it. I'm certain of that. Uh, but, but you've been busy this week yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing that Mario Wonder. Go on. Beating that Mario Wonder. Hundred percent in that Mario Wonder. As you do. He got the post credit scene. He's seen it all. I've seen it all. Uh, let me tell you. I, I've okay. I, I'm going to give to the listeners who are out there who who are maybe going to play Mario Wonder or. Or haven't maybe quite started yet. I have some tips for when you reach the final level. First tip is uh, don't have a girlfriend or wife of any kind, <laughs> so you can just fucking because it's going to take take time. You got to dedicate time to it first of all. Um, I I I I beat the game um, to that point. I think on Thursday, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. So I, I started Special World. I think last time we spoke, I was on that fucking infernal jump to the beat level, um, which I then beat eventually. That, that was probably the hardest normal level in the game, I would say. Uh, and then I did all the other Special World ones, and they were yeah. fine. And then I did, there's like, once you beat all them, there's a uh, Wonder Gauntlet, which where it gives you a number of the little wonder effects all in one level. So it has the pipes going up and down and then it has the fucking thing chasing you. And then it has uh, the other thing. And the, the. so that was all right. And then I get to, you get, you get to the final, final um, gauntlet, the badge gauntlet, which is, which is very tough. It's 10 different segments. And I think only two of them are truly difficult. Okay. One of them is the little springy jump. Because you don't really have much control. You have no control, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're just bouncing every time. And they have the the fire bars spinning around. (laughs) And then the the other hard uh, segment is the last one, which is the invisibility section. You cannot see your character. You're required to do some quite accurate platforming. So here's the tips, the actual tips. First one is the biggest false friend in that level is the uh, the the checkpoint before the jumpy level, okay? Because if you die, you get reset back to the checkpoint as little Mario, and you can only take one hit, right? Mm-hmm. The way to beat that level is learn the first five, and they're not that difficult. There's like the the floating level, there's the spin jump level. There's the swimming, the dolphin kick level. You, once you do it a few times, you can beat them first time. So the trick is learn those first five, 
and don't even try and learn the springy jump one. And once you can do those first five pretty handily, exit out of the level completely, go back to level one, get an elephant power-up and a backup power-up as well. Okay. Like six hits. And then go through the first five. And even if you get hit once or twice, do not use your your um, backup power-up. Mm. Get to the spring jump level. And then you can get through it taking two hits without dying. Okay. Just brute force your way through it. Like, don't worry about it without being hit. Because there is a checkpoint immediately after. So once mm. you beat that, you never have to do it again. Of course, assuming that you've already bought the 99 lives. Deal, yeah. Right? yeah. And then the next two segments, which are the speedrunning one, and the uh, then there's a spin jump one, and there is a using the vine uh, grappling hook one. Those are all easy enough that you can just learn them. And then you get to the invisibility one. How do you beat the invisibility one? I took a little bit of uh, painter's tape and I put it in the center of my TV. Because when Mario moves left to right, when you start the level and you start going left to right, <laughs> the camera eventually starts moving with Mario and Mario will always be in the center of the screen. So you put a little right. dot on the TV. That's where Mario's midpoint is. And there's also, if you press X, while you're playing the game, Mario will do a little speech bubble. Get a little bubble yeah, yeah. And when you're jumping, if you're not you know, pressing any other button, you can press that to track where Mario is. Okay. So, so you have mm. your midpoint, and every time you jump, you line that midpoint up to where you want to land, and you press X to see Mario's uh, verticality, and you can manage it. Uh, this is real high-level stuff here. Yeah. Now. This, is a man, this is a man who is 100% in this game. Yeah. Absolutely. And I will, I will add the caveat of this, even with those tips, right? This took me about 180 lives to complete. Oh, God. I'm never doing this. I can guarantee you that. But, but oh it was my weird because it was not to the point where I, I, I ever got that frustrated because mm. I, I did also time it. To get from the checkpoint through the first three bits to the invisibility part of the level took a minute 35 seconds. So it's not like a ton of gameplay. The segments are all very short. So you, you can die, and within a minute and a half, you're back to it for another try. You know? Right. And you get enough li- uh, coins as well that you don't you're not losing a lot of lives either. So that's how to that's how to beat the game. They're the only two segments you really need any help with. Mm. Um, and actually, once I realized not to try and get through the spring jump section without being hit, I got through it then immediately. Because once you just get back to it with the power up, it's it's a doddle, you know. And then and then your then your visibility is really the only challenge. Yeah. The, the, this this conversation makes me realize one of the we lose Joe. Uh, I don't know. Joe's loading. Um, this conversation is making me realize that one of the one of the issues I do have with the game is I, I think I don't like the badge gimmick because I think I think I actively dislike using about half of them. Do you know what I mean? I it's, I, it's, I only used one badge the entire game, which was the floating parachute, forgetting all the flag points. Yeah, I I I and like some of the some of the some of the challenges where they make you use them were really fun but then like the ones where you have to do the invisibility and you have to do the spring jump i'm like this this is just not fun the spring jump especially because to me the strength of of mario games whether they're 2d or 3d is the is the responsiveness and the control the precision i don't i don't like playing that so i think that's i think that's one of my big bugbears with the game yeah um so yeah but uh, i still haven't i still haven't finished it i'm still playing i play i play about like a level I mean, I was about to say a level every day. That I, I fucking hope I'd have finished it at this stage if I was doing a level a day. But I still, I, I pick it up every now and then on like my lunch break, and I power through a level, and it's great. I, I just haven't felt the the incentive to finish it, but uh, it, it is good stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah what do you I, want to next now that you've done that? 
Um, Baldur's Gate and Pikmin Four. Oh, Pikmin! I know. Yeah, I, know, I didn't get around to Pikmin uh, last yeah. year. We'll see. Um, but um, um, yeah, we'll I will say on, on, on Mario Wonder closing. It's it's an excellent game. I, I, I loved more or less every minute of it. I don't think it's it's the kind of thing you necessarily need hundred percent. I mean, I having done it, I only get the joy of being one of the few to have done it. But the, you don't really um get you know yoshi at the top of the castle there's not that kind yeah. of moment to it. you get you get a badge which is fun to use once and then you go all right never playing this game again yeah um and i've actually already sold it so i don't have the game anymore because I, I beat it um but uh yeah very very good game very very enjoyable the, the the jolt that 2d mario has needed for the longest time so thank god um, um. Did you uh, watch the Xbox thing at all? Yes. Uh, I meant to put it on the rundown. We didn't talk about it. Uh, I mean, there's not too much to, to, to no, chat about. I mean, five games. What did you, what did you, uh, I mean, and yeah, and one of them was like, like um, uh, Secrets of Mana or whatever. It's just not JRPG. It's not my, not nah, my speed at nah, all. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, the other one was a 4X game, which I've actually installed a bunch of those like city builders and stuff. I know I'm not going to have the brain for them because it's just not my thing, but I, yeah. I want to be into those games, but I, it, it's just not my thing. And so after that, no. then you had. Um, well, so I suppose the main thing is, what did you think of the Indiana Jones stuff they showed? Looked all right. I mean, yeah, that was, I think that my, was about my, my level as well. My my biggest takeaway was that Avowed and Indi- Indiana Jones. I was surprised by how bad the character models looked. They looked like PS4 games. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, Obsidian. Because I, I, like obviously, I'm playing new vegas right now and i'm like for all their strengths i don't uh, that kind of thing and i realized they're bit for that one they were building on a bethesda engine uh but yeah for the avowed stuff it you're fine like it's not it doesn't like it doesn't, doesn't have, i'm not looking for bleeding edge tech but it, it didn't visually look very good i said i was streaming it and i did say this and i was like this this is also partly me being a philistine and kind of that kind of fantasy stuff all, all kind of starts to blend together to me yeah, i don't think this had a very distinctive a bit, style a bit like god of war level yeah. wise they look very yeah. worry but then these horrible character models that look like like they're out of new vegas um, um it's weird i expected uh, it to look and feel more like skyrim it, it definitely looks more like its own thing but i'm not quite sure what that thing is yet um, yeah and indiana jones sure is indiana jones but again i was surprised by how last gen the visuals looked yeah um, which is you know a, a redundant criticism because ps4 games looked very good but we're used to now a higher level of fidelity, yeah. and this looked like a generation behind. Did um, you uh, did you play those Wolfenstein games that the machine no, games no, did? No, no. I, I they they are great and re- not yeah they're relatively short. Um, I I would say especially since they are on Game Pass, I would give those uh, Wolfenstein's a, a whirl. Um, even if you're not if you're not a big first part, because I also think the actual shooting in those games isn't amazing. So I would say mm. if if FPSs are not your your bag download them stick them on easy super fun to just run through the levels dual wielding absolutely massacring nazis it's great fun okay the thing the thing that will lend the the strengths of machine games that will work well with indiana jones that second wolfenstein game especially it is just crazy set piece crazy set piece crazy set piece crazy like like the story like that second one is is bananas and it's just it's 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 got crazy gameplay and it's got a really insane story so i I would recommend you know if you're if you're looking for something to kind of burn through over a weekend give those games a look um but yeah similarly i I looked at Indiana jones and yeah you know looks all right you know um uh, and I was, I'm very excited for Hellblade 2, but I, I absolutely loved the first one. So it's not necessarily because they showed a bunch of stuff that made me fall out of my chair, but more 
like yeah that looks like the first one but they're doing it again and i'm like yeah i'm down for that um now that looks that that is a game that looks like bleeding edge like tech you know uh mm-hmm. it looks visually incredible uh, but yeah not not too much to talk about on it i don't think yeah we'll see I mean, the voice I thought was was good, quite close to Harris. I think Harris Ford's quite an easy person to do an impression of, though. Uh, I thought it was a bit generic, Troy Bakery video yeah, game. I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Uh, I mean, the, like this, the, the alternative they... is, yeah, is that it's it's not a Harrison Ford likeness. True. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's fair. The, the real the real terrible thing was if they tried to get Harrison Ford to do it, <laughs> which is like there's going to be some some great. Get I don't care lawn. interviews about this game when it comes out, you know. Um, <laughs> it's like, what do you care about less, this game or Star Wars, you know? Um, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, uh, music goof for the week. Yeah, I've already fallen off. I, don't, I didn't have time to listen to an album this week. I did listen to a single, though. I listened to the new Little Nas X single. So did I. It was all right. I mean, it didn't, it didn't grab me like, like his album did the other year i didn't think the song was quite as catchy musically as some of those yeah, hits were it was okay like it was perfectly listenable but i don't know I'm, for, for me lil nas x stands out from the crowd by being a little bit a little bit popular a little bit catchier more kind of hook infused mm. uh, not unlike uh, aw's main event this week Ew. um oh, but this one, I just I found it kind of weirdly like again not as great as him, but I found it kind of weirdly generic and like it could have been anybody, it could have been not like uh, any other. Yeah, I I loved that album. Uh, yeah, me but too. To, to your but I didn't I and I always find it weird when I when I have when I think about these kind of albums. But I I thought the weakest ones were the singles. Now I thought the singles were good on that better than better than this song, but they were they're kind of the ones that like if I'm listening to the album, I kind of just I might skip. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, um, I think I think there's some absolutely some absolute gems on that album, but they're not the singles and some kind of I'm holding that hope again. I, I like you. I didn't think it was terrible or anything, but it was a kind of a it was a, almost like a, a close your eyes, stick your fingers, ears and imagine what the next Dil Nas X song is. And that's that's what we got, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm intrigued for the album. I'm, 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 you know, he's he's got his sound. And uh, I don't know when that. I don't know if that's out soon or what the what the story is with that. Uh, what's it called? It's called J. Is it J. Christ or Jesus A. or Jesus C. Oh, J. Christ. I think it's called. Yeah, um, I think so. it's one of those. Uh, again, should have put it out in time for Christmas, but I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and just to wrap up then uh, on book off, I have wrapped up my book number one of the year, uh, which which is informing, by the way, if it wasn't obvious, my uh, my my some of my films, you know, Enter the Dragon, and mm-hmm. I, I got a delivery uh, yesterday. I got Demolition Man, which I've never seen. Ooh. And I got uh, Universal Soldier, which I have never seen. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to check those uh, out. So yeah, it was The Last Action Heroes. Really, really good. Highly recommend it. Um, if you like your action cinema, it's it's a, a very good history of some of the key players of it. Um, uh, and, you know, and similar to what we're talking about, Bruce Lee, just loved hearing about all the people who didn't want to do jobs. I mean, it was just great. <laughs> and all the, all, all the politicking and, and, and the, the, the Hogan-esque like like Seagal agreeing to die early in the first act of a film because at that stage he had been so untouchable in all his films that he thought it might get like PR buzz that oh my god you have to see this film because it's the one where Steven Seagal dies like the the egos and the 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 uh, just weirdo characters I mean it's it it was it was genuinely really really good and I, I absolutely uh, tore through it um, and I think I think the most fascinating person who was also the central figure was Stallone I mean Stallone seems like an absolutely fascinating figure i mean like 
uh, we has a very weird relationship with essential characters because you can you kind of read about his early career and he's like this starving artist who wants to be a real filmmaker and you know wants to you know do theater and wants to write a play and be a poet and all this other stuff and rocky he, he makes rocky happen by sheer force of will and then kind of begrudgingly becomes this action guy and it's it, it, he's he's fascinating him and schwarzenegger as the two central guys is is, is a great anchor for it so yeah two thumbs up on that one uh, I'm currently about a third of the way through my second book, which is called Common Ground, which is a, a, a novel. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, this uh, sort of down on his luck uh, uh, English schoolboy who makes a, a friend, uh, has no friends, and makes a friend with uh, someone from like the local traveler community. And it's uh, he's completely naive to the, the 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 differences and the stigmas that that people in his school have towards that. It's it's interesting. I'm I'm, re- I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, but third or so of the way through that uh, so i'm enjoying that but yeah book off book off rolls on um uh, uh for 2024 no books this week joe you started at the new post bodies yeah yeah i'm, I'm currently reading a book uh not during the show i mean generally i'm reading a book um, <laughs> <laughs> not enough during game talk there just, yeah of course um i'm reading how the music got free which is a, a non non-fiction book about the rise of music piracy and how it oh, changed nice. the, re- the recording industry. And it's really, really good so far. I will let you know next week, the, the final uh, appraisal, but I'm really enjoying it. It's very interesting. Very our time period as well, you know, kind of early mm. 2000s internet yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. Oh my God. Napster. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be hopeful here for the final review. I'm, I'm going to add that to my list now. Based on based on your your, your pitch there, um, yeah, that sounds that sounds right up my uh, uh, my alley. Uh, yeah, and that's book off, and that is indeed the show uh, for this week. Thank you very much, everyone, for uh, for listening. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with uh, more of your various golfs, more wrestling talk, uh, a Royal Rumble, Rumble uh, uh, review, and and that. And uh, hopefully, if you are in in the affected area, you, you, you've battened down the hatches, and you're going to be okay for the storm. So do take care of yourselves out there. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Thank you very much for emailing, and we will talk to you all next week. It's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Bye. And it's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye.